Welcome to the Discuss and Discuss podcast, where we'll talk about Head you bodies. The second book, Hidden Bodies. <laughs> <laughs> That's all I was going to say. <laughs> oh, well, I'm Derek. I'm Kevin. All right. This was a good book. What did you think? <laughs> I just had to say it first because, like, I was, I was like, ooh. Um, I think I enjoyed this round better than the first one. But I still think it was like, oh, I think what made me enjoy it is his hatred or dislike of the L.A. people. Like everyone's like a writer, director, uh, actor or producer. And I I just I have in my notes here. I was like, I kind of want him to channel his murder intent towards all these scumbaggy producers and writers. But then he doesn't. So, you know, it's a little. (laughs) It kind of does. He ends up. You know, killing uh, Henderson, who's a comedian actor. Uh, so he kind of does for you. <laughs> but well, the, the difference is that what he wasn't a pervert in the book like he was in the show. In the show, he was Chris D'Elia, and I found it kind of a strange uh, casting choice because. The whole thing that came out about Chris D'Elia that was kind of like hitting on younger chicks and whatever. And he was also casted to be this comedian pervert. And then um, Jenna Ortega playing the young minor that's kind of being taken advantage of. So there's some subtle differences in the book and the TV show. So yeah, it's... I mean, you just touched on it. Uh, Jenna Ortega being Ellie, Another who's Delilah's younger sister mm-hmm. in the show... Is not even in the book at all. Yeah. Do you did you like that? Uh. So yes and no. So it's funny because like it just feels like we're reading and watching two you stories in like the same universe or no in in two different universes, but like it's the same thing. So like I enjoyed both. I actually really enjoyed the second season of you when it came out. Jen Ortega was super good. I, the whole cast was really good in in the second season. And same thing with the book. Like the book itself was so different that i couldn't help but also love it (laughs) because it just gave us like a new insight into joe or a different character and how joe obsesses with this character you know like yeah they're both really different i agree i i like both changes or the change in renditions yeah renditions (laughs) that's the word i was looking for yeah i like the show where they did have ellie show up and it the thing is that when you add ellie we as the audience become more compassionate for joe because joe kind of looks after ellie as like like he cares for her not in a creepy way but more so like a caretaker um big brother type of way and the same thing with delilah he in the show i don't think they sleep together in the show i mean do i'm pretty sure they do they do um but delilah was much much more toxic in the book whereas in the show she's more empathetic she has a sister to take care of we understand her motives a little bit more and so we like joe more that's all (laughs) yeah it's just a little bit more and of course in the book you get to dive into more of how he thinks and less how other people live their life, if that makes sense. But we see interactions between like, um, you know, like let's just say 40 and love specifically without Joe being there for the most part. Like we, we get those kinds of insights in the show in the book. We don't right? like we're in Joe's perspective the whole time. So whatever he doesn't know between 40 and love, like we don't know either. And uh, yeah, like it's so funny. Like the book itself made, a lot of these characters so much more scummy than they are <laughs> specifically like 40 oh god like 40 of course i hated him in the show but in the book he irked me he irked me so badly and a lot of these characters did but him specifically was there like an instance that made that drew the line for you or not so much drew the line but you know he he sounds like a, a typical asshole as in <laughs> He takes advantage of people and he never calls Joe really like by his first name. He always says old sport, pal. He even, the only time he ever mentions somewhat of a name is Goldberg. He only addresses Joe as Goldberg. So one change in a show compared to the book that I really liked is actually Forty's death. Forty's death in the show, Joe kills him. Like he goes and like takes a drug, whatever, gets a note of 40 and then chokes him. And in the book, he tries to drown 40, but then 40 ends up surviving 
tries to blackmail him, and then Forty gets hit by a car. Like it's just like a, a cosmic presence Wait, that's supposed thought, to happen. I thought Forty Forty got shot in the show by oh, did by he? um Flincher because it, it was like that standoff oh. at the end yes. where uh Forty is. Forty finds out about Joe's killings and all that stuff, and then he feels like compelled to confront him and to pretty much turn him in. But then at the same time, love loves Joe, <laughs> so she's kind of torn in that moment, trying to choose Forty or Joe because she loves her brother as well. But then in that moment, that's when the cop kind of catches up to Joe in that instance because he's been trying to find. Uh, he was suspicious of Joe. And so when Forty drew a gun on Joe, Flincher shoots him, I believe. Wow. So it looks like both of us sure revisited the second season because <laughs> it's been a few years. <laughs> <laughs> well, either way, it I think I like that death better than uh, the book. I feel yeah, like because right. he's such a prevalent character to have him off subtly feels feels kind of like he got cheated <laughs> he it's more so like he died off like offside or whatever it's called. <laughs> off screen uh, but off, off book, screen you know <laughs> but in the book yeah yeah like it's just like oh 40's dead he got hit by a car oh wait maybe <laughs> with more thought into this <laughs> this could be an over analytical thing but maybe the author wanted 40 to die as if it was like nothing because he's like nothing as a person Oh, that's interesting. That's interesting. But that's me making something meaningful. Yeah. Even trying though. to add trying to add meaning into the scene. And <laughs> I could see that. Like he he actually gets his cosmic desserts. <laughs> yeah, because he is a scumbag. Because he also steals uh Joe's script or whatever and doesn't give him credit. And this was when Joe was trying to like pursue Hollywood and be an actor and <laughs> stuff. He got convinced to write. Yeah, he got convinced to write and help Forty with his scripts and stuff, and then takes it off. And then finally, his Forty scripts <clears throat> gets bought by what's her name again? Like Maria or something? I don't remember. Just like a big producer <laughs> writer. Yeah, big producer. Thing. He was a real person, <laughs> but like, wait, really? I think so. I, I just can't remember names. Like Marie something. I can't remember, <clears throat> so, and I feel like I should. But we're doing so good. Just, just <laughs> you know, we're learning a lot this week. <laughs> uh, just... A person they took off of the show that is in the book is Amy Adam. What did you think of that character? Bro, okay. All right, hold on. Before we move on to Amy Adam, I did like the actor okay. that's playing 40 in the show. I think he made him more entertaining and likable despite being a scumbag. Yes, 100%. Like, that was the perfect casting for 40. James Scully is his name, and James did a great job bringing Forty to life, letting us hate him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but uh, back to Amy Adam, which is kind of funny. I wonder if she named her Amy Adam just to Has kind to of be. like <laughs> yeah, a little subtle nod to Amy Adams. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I'm sad that she doesn't exist in the show because I feel like she's such a character that dwindles joe and kind of puts one over him you know and that allows us to kind of feel sorry for joe in a bit that way when you end season one you're like oh joe's a piece of shit and he just moved on from beck already and then goes into second season and then amy adams or amy adams amy adam <laughs> steals the books from him and then he loses and then we feel kind of more compassionate or like well it could be both too like oh joe you deserve that or oh man that sucks for for the protagonist yeah like same thing i wish they added her because in the show he goes to california for a new start in the book he goes to pursue amy who he finds out moves to california with all of the books and he's like staying his same way you know he's going through and trying to find her to kill her he's like plotting everything he he does you know he creates an, uh, a social media account for all this stuff and like Amy does sound like the only person to get away, in a sense, from Joe's craziness because in the end, Joe's just essentially just lets her go because he's mm -hmm. a changed man. He's a dad and stuff like that. And there's more it shows his growth in a very different way. And uh Yeah, yeah I wish they included her. Yeah, growth in that he doesn't feel like killing her. <laughs> <laughs> 
I think who they replaced her with, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, was Candace, right? Candace shows up. Yeah, it's in the second one. She, it's it's weird that they kept Candace and didn't keep Amy Adam. I wonder why, because Candace hasn't been prominent in the book. She's briefly mentioned in the first book, and then I don't think she's even mentioned at all for the second book. Not really. Yeah, like maybe like one off, but yeah, like she's in a mm-hmm. bunch of episodes in the second one, and yeah, I, I think they replaced Amy with <laughs> with her. So like. I don't know, Candace. But I will say again, Candace in the show was really good, played by Amber Childers. She was really good. Yeah, I, I guess what they're trying to do is make the relationships more complicated. <laughs> it, it's almost like Candace is catching up to Joe. Joe's trying to start a new life with love. That means the secret's kind of getting close to coming out. And then leading up to Candace revealing Joe's misdeeds to love in hopes to turn love against Joe. Yeah. So I think it works for the story in in the show. I like the book more, though, in what happens near the end. Yeah, exactly. And that's why I'm saying, like, if you watch the show, you can definitely read the book because there are practically two different stories in the same in two different universes really so pretty good <laughs> all, all things considered because uh amy being the plot point here for joe's motivation to move out to california was really good we see a little bit more of his relationship with mr mooney which is cool because like even though they had like such a weird working relationship and you know he's the reason why joe's pretty much fucked up trapped him in the cage and then sent him out as his freed murderous bird <laughs> But Mr. Mooney still gives him advice, still gives him money, supports him on his journey and stuff like that. So, yeah, I don't know. Like, it's so different. <laughs> <laughs> Mooney's okay. I, I feel like he's just a side character. He comes in and he does affect Joe. But I don't think we're getting enough of Mooney to, I don't know, know more about Joe's past, I guess. Yeah, yeah. You're uh, right. Why he's so freaking like this. Well, in the first book, we, you know, they yeah, go through the whole thing. Yeah, he trapped him. <laughs> And so he sees Mr. Mooney still as this father figure in his life. So he has. Uh, it's similar. It's almost <laughs> practically. It's it's practically Joel and Ellie's relationship if Joel trapped her in the basement. <laughs> okay. If you want to take it that far, I want to get that that crazy. But uh, yeah, huh. all the characters in the book are really cool. Like they're so well fleshed out well, in wonder, specific ways to hate him. Well, I wonder if they made the big change for the tv show because it would be so freaking hard to actually get these specific type of people to be in the show it revolves around hollywood a lot and she's mentioning real names like real famous mm-hmm. people and mm-hmm. interactions with like producers writers and like agents and stuff too so it would be tough to get them to be part of the show just to reference well not just them but like a look-alike to represent them too i think maybe that's why they didn't uh, keep to the book maybe yeah and that aspect i can understand like it doesn't add much to it if let's say we have a cameo by jonah hill or zach efron zach efron mm-hmm. or even um i think he, they mentioned scott adam adam scott, adam scott. a lot of <laughs> adam scott. scott yeah because it's this hollywood life and like love quinn is supposed to be this hollywood socialite but then in in the show she she wants to be a chef and mm-hmm. a bakery a baker a baker yeah and i guess that's fine well i guess <laughs> they have to make that change because they're not going to follow the hollywood story yeah but i <laughs> i found it fascinating that joe wanted to be an actor for a little bit though cuz cuz of all these people that he's hanging out with and as he's hunting down amy adam like he's meeting all of these actors and then he makes a tinder and then he's like i found this first part kind of uh interesting when i think it was milo or somebody like some other actor that was telling him about tinder and how people were getting casted for roles and stuff on tinder and that he was that they use or actors use tinder to get casted i I just found it like what so weird do you think that's true probably like i feel that's the strange part about it too like i don't disagree or i'm not in disbelief of it I, i find it easy to believe that that's what they would do which is kind of fucked up and not not because you're using tinder for that purpose just fucked up to to uh support that culture the hollywood sex drugs and party culture like it's gross disgusting yeah it's disgusting (laughs) and he 
like the his verbalization, his uh, his thoughts. It's like it's so damn easy to pretend to be a producer or director or writer in order to manipulate an actor or someone that's looking for success. And that part just resonated with me, and I was like, damn, dude, it sucks because these are people that are. I guess you can say naive, but at the same time hopeful and like it sucks that they're so easily manipulated or easily taken advantage of. Just thought it was kind of a scary thought. <laughs> well, on the other spectrum, there's people like Delilah, specifically in the book, who embraces the lifestyle. She uses her attractiveness to create those kinds of relationships, tries to, you know, get in with every celebrity she can, even Joe, you know, she she's just trying to leverage Joe to see who he might know and stuff like that, especially when she finds out that he has a relationship with love and she's asking a bunch of questions like, oh, how is it, you know, how is it hanging with that family and stuff like that? And so they, again, uh, Kepnes, Caroline Kepnes does a great job portraying, I guess, this world that I don't think you and I may ever know that uh, that exists in Hollywood, in like this socialite and in, in, in the one percent let's just say in this one percent club so it's just scary though it, to think scary. about because joe is an actual serial killer and the fact that it's so easy for him to just straight up like pretend to be someone and then like try and find out outside of his already acute skills to to stalk someone and like manipulate and follow through on these serial killings and stuff like he's hunting down amy but at the same time he's doing it so easily <laughs> oh that's, yeah. this, that's the scary part that someone can just pretend to be a director writer producer and in order to network and bank off of these other actors and producers and writers and whatever in order to find amy because amy wants to pursue being an actress as well yeah like he's such he's such a detective dude <laughs> like <laughs> this is he's like batman if batman <laughs> wasn't a superhero <laughs> it was just the serial killer goes in knows exactly what he's looking for how to find her and pinpoints like the exact location where she could be like that is crazy next level he's bruce to... wayne but bruce wayne <laughs> show me aid show me amy <laughs> show me well, i gotta kill her is that your bruce wayne voice <laughs> yeah that's, no that's my batman voice he's like uh, batman but he's joe goldberg joe goldberg <laughs> where's amy where's amy <laughs> oh man well it's a lot of i don't know this i think this book was kind of fun just because he was living in hollywood <laughs> and <laughs> got a taste of it and he's like dissecting hollywood like literally dissecting hollywood with his behavior like he knew how to navigate in between it just to get what he wants and in a way, he was kind of like climbing up to success just because he was like able to manipulate all these relationships to to his advantage and even utilizing Love Quinn to kind of climb to the top a little bit more. And Love Quinn was like an actress, too. So the do you like this difference compared to the TV show? Because the TV show, he's not pursuing being an actor. And Love Quinn is also not an actor. Yeah. It's like a whole let's talk about different thing. Yeah, let's talk about how they first met then. Because that's kind of cues up the show and the book specifically. Because in the show, he sees Love in the place, in a in a store where I think he applies to. Of course, he works there. Um, and Love actually is the first one to reach out to him. It's like, hey, does this peach look like a butt to you? And then all of a sudden, like, oh, God, he's, like, smitten with this girl. <laughs> it was, like, super weird and whatever. And then in the book, he sees her reading a book or reading a story or whatever. And then it turns out it's a, a screenplay or whatever of her and 40s movie that she's, like, going over. And she's technically helping produce. And it sounds like in the book, she's more so living off of her parents and really well, enjoys rich. that lifestyle. Yeah. Yeah. She enjoys the lifestyle versus love in the in the show she kind of doesn't like that you know her parents hover over her has the influence on her life so and so it's a very interesting dynamic to switch up but like love in the book is a completely different character than love in the the show itself yeah in the show she's more like a go-getter trying to like earn her worth type of deal you know like she's trying to climb up from the bottom even though 
her friends are like shallow ass people. <laughs> yeah, hundred percent. Her brother, everyone that she knows, is super shallow, and like she's the only quote unquote real person in this whole place. And uh, yeah. I don't know, I, it's so crazy. <laughs> love is cool though. Like I, is love cool or is it? Is because the, Victoria love is cool. Is cool. Yes, <laughs> I was gonna say because she is just she gave love a whole different character in the show and makes us fall in love with love a lot easier than in the book. Like if I met someone like love in real life, I don't know if I can get along with it or <laughs> like, you know, like it's difficult because they live in a whole different realm and like they have this air about her and like love in the book has that for sure. She has this air about her that she doesn't think that she's better than everyone else, but she knows she's in a different class. Yeah. That's a thing to like, I've met a few actresses and actors and there is a certain aura that is <laughs> is different. Like I wouldn't say I would want to hang out with everybody, but in a professional setting when it's like time to work, it's like, all right, let's just work. So I think I would be in the same seat of view to be like, yeah, I don't know if I would hang out with love or like love that much in the book. But love in the show, it's like, damn. I mean, I was rooting for their relationship to work out when I watched the show. So I think that's partial the groundedness or down to earthness that they gave love in the show. Or maybe that was because Victoria Pedretti brought that to the character. Something like that. Yeah, no, 100% because in the book, she's more of like a cloud nine person is how I would say like the typical dream girl. Again, she's got money. She's got humor. She's got. (laughs) <laughs> the the love for who you are <laughs> no matter what like dude you kill her she's like all right i'm down whatever i love you you know like my brother's crazy i could deal with the fact that you've killed four people like <laughs> but- and, and shit like that like it's crazy and she's crazy too right like i think we get a taste of it when she and she says she doesn't do this often but apparently she poured you know twenty five thousand dollars of champagne into a bathtub for joe at the chateau like would that feel good what so that's no, fucking that crazy good on your skin i don't think so why would you I mean, actually i could see bathing in champagne feeling good but <laughs> knowing us bathing in champagne that costed twenty five thousand dollars a no thank you and they just drained it <laughs> they didn't even try to drink it <laughs> i don't know if you could even drink twenty five thousand dollars worth of champagne if you i just want to sip give me a hundred dollars worth of a sip one sip man oh my gosh like I don't even yeah. like champagne. <laughs> but even in that moment, she was trying to get Joe to sleep with her, and she a freak, man. She, she a freak in the book. She, and she then in the show, she thirsty. She's so thirsty. She, she just flushed champagne down the drain. So crazy, and she still got some. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, she's so man. Bad. That's a lot of. But money, the whole thing, like their dynamic in the book, is interesting because, I, like you know, like there are points where you like care for love a little bit. And then when 40 goes missing, love turns almost hysterical. I was like, oh my God, like, how do you support someone who supports a brother like that, first off? And secondly, when she gets distant, I can understand it because there, you know, people react to situations differently. And in this case, she's worried about 40. And of course, she's trying to distract herself while supporting the family. Like, she doesn't know how to feel even though this has happened many times before that was a lot to take in because like i could feel resent like, not resentment but annoyed of both parties because because joe was so smitten over her that he wanted to like do everything for her but at the same time is like worried for himself and like i was like joe just fucking worry about yourself or whatever and you know like stop worrying about love but then at the same time we know how obsessive joe is and so it's only in his nature to, even though he's getting berated, to accept it and then try to continue forward with the relationship. And that was a very relatable moment for me for Joe. Not that I've had like anything to that point, but I can understand it. I can empathize with it at least. <laughs> being berated. <laughs> yeah. And still being like, okay, fine. I still love you. <laughs> I'll still support you. <laughs> yeah. I find the sibling love thing i wonder if that's it's kind of like a common scenario or trait with rich families that we see on tv or movies where like sure they're shallow people but they care a lot about one another uh, as siblings so i don't know i wish we kind of got more depth to that um 
just to see if I can understand. Because I think in the show we do. It feels like in the show we had a little bit more understanding of their relationship because Forty shows that he actually cares about love in his ending, right? Like he wants to save love because he knows Joe's a bad guy, but just goes a little too far off the edge. But also like because love cares about 40 a lot too and not from nowhere i i'm trying to piece together what happened in the show and if it was even meaningful enough to to um justify the weight of love that love has for 40 <laughs> it's so hard to talk about this when so much love, love. <laughs> dude i love hey i love all the love puns though you know i love a good pun and there's a ton of love puns so oh my goodness that was another thing i was like dude if she, if love was real, but she was more so like in the in the show with the humor that she had in the book, I, I guess in the humor in the in the show too, I could tell, you know, like I, I could see myself falling head over heels for this girl. <laughs> she's throwing out puns. She's she's asking if I if I think this peach looks like a butt. Like that's <laughs> that's right up my alley. <laughs> oh my gosh! Well, love does get Joe to get over Amy too, which is fascinating. Because it, mm-hmm. it helps us kind of believe that Joe is capable of not killing people. <laughs> Which sounds <laughs> yeah. kind of like counterintuitive, of, but um, of restraint. A restraint. So he just needs to respect you first, or does he need to <laughs> get over you? There's a scenario put in here, and it's kind of funny. So you know how people refuse to break up with their significant other when the relationship has gone downhill, or like they're they've fallen out of love, but they stay in the relationship. And they don't love each other as much anymore. And then there's this cheating aspect that happens. Rather than break up with their significant other in order to move on to the next person that they may fall in love with, they they just cheat. But for for Joe, rather than cheat, he just kills them. <laughs> but but it, I guess like they should break up with their significant other before moving on to uh another relationship but i find that like in between psychological moment right there is fascinating it's like is it because they're too scared to confront the relationship or is it too is it because they're scared to own up to the relationship not working out before cheating do you know what i'm trying to get at here yeah it's something that i'm sure again you and i may not fully understand we've never been in those shoes i i hope you haven't (laughs) but like it's being comfortable and staying comfortable i i can that i've witnessed in the past people tend to cheat because they're comfortable in the relationship even though the relationship has become toxic or whatever because this is what they know you know they may may have spent x amount of time with this person and although they are unhappy with the relationship maybe it's only a certain aspect that they're really that's taken them over the edge and so let's say, you know, most of the time it has to do with sex life. Like, you know, one party is not getting enough of what they crave or need. And so everything else is fine, right? Like they, let's say they're happy with their relationship for the most part and they're only lacking sex, goes out and cheats, right? Because that's what they need. It's a human want. It's a human, you know, uh, what's the word I'm saying? Desire. Yeah, it's a human desire to want sex, something raw, if you will, whatever. And so when that passion goes away and yet the relationship is still there and again, they're still talking, they're still, you know, like in a relationship, but that aspect's not there. Like I can see why someone gets pushed over without wanting to end the relationship. All they want is this primal need. Huh, interesting. So like, huh, comfortable in the relationship, but getting the other aspect of lust or love from someone else yeah like you want the relationship but you also want this other thing and you can't get both from the same person exactly <laughs> and actually you brought it in a really good aspect so it's love versus lust yeah if you truly love someone of course you don't want to hurt them but because lust is such a powerful feeling it may take over especially when you're in your most vulnerable state let's say you guys had a fight over something you might feel like okay it's over anyway you know i'm gonna end it tomorrow might as well go and have this one night or whatever and then you know you always end up regretting it right that's why they they always on reddit it's really funny like when you have this urge to do something they always say uh go and get post-nut clarity meaning (laughs) go rub one out it doesn't matter your men man female whatever like man woman you go and just rub one out 
and then see what you feel afterwards. Because <laughs> a lot of time when you, you know, release that kind of energy, there's a clarity that comes afterwards and you're like, oh God, no, I was dumb. <laughs> you know, I'm not going to go do this thing. So like, that's what comes to mind. Like, how do you counteract this? Interesting. Well, you know, rub one out. Rub one out. So that's what Joe needs to do in order Joe to get him to, do to, that. to stop killing people. He needs <laughs> to rub one out. Well, it is kind of... <laughs> it's also gross when you really think about it. Yeah. Oh, I got to kill someone. Well, it's funny because then it, Joe is pretty much killing these girls that fall out of love with him. And I don't know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He doesn't know how to handle it. Yeah. Eh. Like I have a quote here. He says... The real horror of my life is not that I've killed some terrible people. The real horror is that the people I've loved didn't love me back. I just think that quote is kind of, one, it's powerful to Joe, but also like powerful enough to <laughs> to kill people. <laughs> yeah, to be his motivation. And it's very yeah. striking as a quote. It's one of my favorite quotes in the book too. I wish I wrote it down. So I'm glad that you did because it shows that love is dangerous <laughs> and he does all the stuff that he does because of love. Again, he tries to kill 40 because he knows that 40 is hurting love and her, her family, you know, their family. Killing him is more of an act of kindness than it is anything else. It's like, hey, we got to get rid of this person because he's the weight that's holding everyone down. He's not a good person. Like he mentioned, he justifies killing because they're bad people. Yeah. And it's true. A lot of them are pretty shitty people. But again, no one deserves was to die. Was uh, she was she manipulative. Cheated. She cheated. And she cheated. Dun, dun, so dun. I guess that marriage... again doesn't deserve doesn't deserve <laughs> death. Even the cop that he killed, so Fincher in the book, uh, dies actually. Yeah. Even then, even if he's a scumbag cop, <laughs> you know, like trying to weasel his way into stardom, doesn't deserve to die. He just deserves not to be a cop. <laughs> I yeah, I wish Fincher uh, was killed in the show by Joe as well, because then. Just the fact that, like, if Joe kills uh, a cop just makes it more severe for Joe. Like, his situation kind of reaches, like, a red line. Like, oh, shoot, now for sure the authorities are going to be closer to you or catch up to you. But right. the show removes a lot of that, like, severity by um, Fincher lives. And, well, it's also a different ending, too, which we can tap into later. But I don't know. Fincher... I like Fincher. <laughs> we got a lot more yeah. of him in the book than we did in the show. Yeah. Fincher, again, is just another character for Joe to hate on. And uh, is another aspect of, I'm not going to say Hollywood specifically or California specifically, because we know there are cops out there that go on power trips. So it's funny that Kepnes, the author, continues to write these characters to try to justify their death. Yeah. Again, Fincher being such a bad cop in the book, you are meant to hate him. The The border is whether or not he should die because of how he is. It's like, no, not necessarily. You know, like, again, no one deserves to die the way they do. There could be bad people out there, but like, it's crazy. It, it's kind of funny because like, sometimes you root for Joe to kill these people, but then you got to remember like, no, killing's bad. Joe's also a bad person because <laughs> he kills people. And actually, this just jogged a thought because I recently saw a, I think it's a Reddit, of a guy a reddit post of an inmate who's killed like he says over a hundred people Dang. however he justifies it because each person that he's killed was either a murderer uh, a rapist or a pedophile and funny thing and this is crazy how the world works he apparently has a youtube what where he talks about it. I wish I remembered his name. I wish I saved the article or, or sent it to you because it's so fascinating. Maybe we'll talk about it in our next one. But like, yeah, like this this murderer has a YouTube. And again, he's getting fame on the fact that he he's murdered people. Bad people? Yeah, sure. But like, hmm. should he be famous for that? <laughs> well, let's get back to the, to the idea of is killing bad? Because, okay, I think... Killing is bad if you believe that people can't change or can change. If you yeah. don't believe that people can change. If, okay. If you believe <laughs> that people can change, then killing is bad because you remove the uh. opportunity for people to change. So if you believe that people can change, then you idea, you believe in this idea that rehabilitation works. So then now mm. our jail system is like, oh, yeah, we should send people to – we shouldn't call it jail, but 
well, it is jail because it's not a rehab center either. But <laughs> what I'm getting at is like, you know how- In America. Uh, yeah, in America. We need rehabilitation centers for inmates and stuff to, to help them become civilized people again and join society and be a contributor uh, of human capital. But that is not what we have. <laughs> but anyways- yeah. So if you don't believe in uh, rehabilitation, then killing becomes less bad, if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, that's an interesting debate that I know has been going on for centuries, essentially. Like, it kind of gets into the topic of, uh, what's it called? The death, the capital death punishment. Like, do certain, yeah, there we go. <laughs> Same thing, all the above, the death penalty, because again, like, if those inmates can change and be be rehabilitated (laughs) 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 should the death penalty exist because in this case joe is people's death penalty for quote-unquote they're like sins that they've committed or for being terrible people so (laughs) no real good answer i don't think (laughs) that's funny though because then joe would consider people who cheat to be bad people so if you eliminate all the people that cheat. <laughs> good point, good point. <laughs> interesting criteria. I wonder how many people would just... We would Thanos the entire, entire <laughs> population. <laughs> I don't actually know the number of the amount of people that cheat, but based on like Hollywood stuff, it just sounds like it happens a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, like killing is such a strange moral dilemma. There are evils in the world, and when you're so evil past that like a certain point i don't even know like do we do we have a spectrum do we have like a barometer of measurement to determine how far past the point is too far where there is no coming back where would the line be to where yeah just straight up murk that dude (laughs) because dude or woman you know whatever person i guess at that point that person would be a monster and then you can justify killing but i don't know you know because yeah the the funny thing too is that the question would then be for people like joe let's say he if he was if he were to judge people based off of their wrongdoings someone else could judge joe off of his wrongdoings and the fact that again he's stalked people he's definitely killed people so he deserves to die <laughs> like so it's kind of like this like change of, chain of never-ending events <laughs> of, of death and stuff. And uh, yeah, I like that you put a quote down here for love, Quinn. I'll let you get to it whenever you want to because I think we should bring that up. <laughs> Which quote? It's at the bottom. Is that the bottom? <laughs> a good one. Oh, <laughs> we can talk about that right now. Because <laughs> it's the same thing, right? Like, what's, what's the line? Where do you draw it? Do you draw it at one person? Do you draw multiple people that you've killed? Like, yeah, it's, <laughs> it's funny. Well, I wrote it down, but I don't know if it's going to be funny for everybody. <laughs> <laughs> you got to say it with confidence. So, it's funny. All right. So Love Quinn accepts Joe's body count. <laughs> so <laughs> we have to ask the question, does body count matter in a relationship? <laughs> so good. <laughs> the, the, the double entendre is so good. Because no, it doesn't matter. <laughs> It does not matter to her, dude. Like again, Joe's at this point killed five people that she's she knows about. Not even the ones that. Besides, if we take out the ones that he's attempted to, meaning essentially Amy, which he was plotting to kill, and then Forty, who he did try to attempt to kill. She she knows all that. She also knows the fact that he framed uh Nikki mm-hmm. for Beck's murder. So like. She's like, hey, it doesn't matter, man. I love who I love. Like, <laughs> I guess so, you gotta man. love them for all their flaws. Body count does not matter. You heard it here first. <laughs> <laughs> <That's>... <laughs> oh man! And there's so many clips of the like some random dude asking hot girls or whatever. Does body count body matter count in a relationship? Them. Whatever. Anyways, <laughs> not if you love Quinn. Not if you love Quinn. Um. But I, I wish they gave Nikki a greater story in, in the show. Sure, he got framed and all that stuff. But in the book, he did get framed and all that stuff. But he, he's also like building a case against Joe. And he's kind of going through like this. He's getting out. His wife is helping him. And in a way, I want Nikki to kind of be this, this antagonist going after Joe. You know? I think that's kind of interesting. We somewhat get it in the third season, if I remember right. So... Right, because doesn't Joe have 
like Nikki's sister or something. Stop by the house like every so often to like ask Joe questions and stuff. Like I'm gonna have to rewatch a little bit of the this third season, but we do get that. I actually haven't I don't seen think... the entirety of the third season, but I plan to watch it all when we start the third book. Mm-hmm. I haven't started the fourth season either because I'm kind of just like following along yeah. with the book. Well, Ooh, same the, time, the fourth yeah. season. Yeah, I can't wait for the fourth book to come out so we could talk about both. I, I can't say in comparison because we're finding out again the show is so different than the book itself. It's just yeah, it's, it's own entity. So hard. <laughs> So, but I, I'm excited to talk about the fourth season because there's a lot that happens. Really? <laughs> and and uh, people yeah. say that for the third season too. So I'm curious. Oh yeah, dude. Like this is why you is so good as a show and it, it doesn't overstep its boundaries either. Right. Like we don't know, like this for sure should be the ending. If it continues, they might dilute the content, huh, but if they keep it to four seasons, honestly, one of the best series, like next to like, Dexter, which I know I haven't seen, but people talk about, right? Like Whoa, in, in terms of yeah, final season of Dexter took it down. It was kind of like okay. So then this would be Dexter because all four seasons have just continued to up the ante. Okay, okay. But I heard there was going to be season five, and the actor Penn Badgley said that he hopes that Joe gets got because he can't keep getting away with it or something like that. But I don't know what happened. <laughs> <but. laughs> fifth season, I did not hear about that. So interesting i don't know we'll see but it was just it was just like a clip of pen badgley talking about it so maybe mm-hmm. maybe not it's not confirmed or whatever kind of up in the air i wonder yeah well i don't know i i do like that we have two different endings so it's you and the show where we have that twist of we it's cool because the show leads you to believe that candace was the one that killed delilah in the cage but then when delilah it has this whole ski or not delilah candace has this whole thing of trying to pull love onto her side so that they can take down joe together we get this final reveal of or a shock factor moment of love quinn stabbing candace in the neck and then we're like what the fuck and then we find out that it's love quinn that is also like a psychotic killer <laughs> and she is the one yeah. that marked delilah which i was sad about because i like delilah <laughs> delilah was dope <laughs> delilah Delilah was cool. But also we by... feel bad. Yes, 100%. We feel bad because now we we end up caring for Ellie. Now we're thinking about, oh, damn, who's going to take care of Ellie? Because she's only like 15 or something like that in, in the show. Yeah, and the only thing that happens is that Joe like had a ton of money and gave it to Ellie to, to somewhat of Jumpstart an amends. Yeah. Yeah, for like her situation for losing her sister. And like I think Ellie knows that Joe did something or knows something about it, but doesn't question it because I think in the show Ellie really wanted to make her life make a life of her own and I think she was trying to be an actor or something um but either way yeah Delilah dying in the show versus how she died in the book had so much more weight to it because it led to certain things showing that again love is more unhinged than we were suspecting and probably on the same spectrum as Joe versus in the book love is just more so she's a romantic in the sense that again like she loves love so she says, we we quoted it multiple times, you know, she just loves who she loves, even if, and that means loving all their flaws. Yeah, she's like a true stereotype of the Hollywood, um, almost like hippie-esque look profile thing. You know, I don't know what have. you mean by that. You're going to have to elaborate. Let me just backtrack. <laughs> I'm not on the same page as them guys. I just want to let you guys <laughs> Like, she's a Hollywood socialite. How do I describe that? I don't have an idea right now. So, yeah. tough, tough luck. It's it's more so that, again, she's born in a family who's wealthy and famous. So, almost like Kardashian level in this case, to me. Because, again, she uses her richness. And, like, they travel all over the country. She knows she has a ton of... She has access to a ton of resources because of her father and, well, her parents' wealth. Um, and she doesn't have to do much. In the book, it shows that she lives a very lavish lifestyle. Whatever they want, they technically get. Uh, again, they yeah. go after, uh, they go after, like, again, them wanting to produce a movie and stuff. Like, they get it pretty easily because of people they know. Yeah, she's like so privileged, like, that she can truly just invest herself in this idea of love and, like, be okay, you know, whereas everybody else can't fully dive right into love because they got finances to worry about and they got family to take care of or a lack 
of resources whereas love quinn is just so she's got loaded, yeah, she, loaded. <laughs> she, she got it easy she's got no worries per se more specifically she again loves and knows that joe is a killer and she understands she has the resources and knows the right people where that doesn't matter yeah, like they insane. could get away yeah, with it like that's insane. crazy to me. and i'm sure that's out there you know what i'm saying like i don't I don't know any like specific stories or whatever, but this, again, it feels so real. It feels like it could be a thing because we know that people in power be crazy. Uh, tend be, to do some sketchy things and like, it just goes away. Be like missing some screws and yeah, it, it can be quite twisted, quite twisted. What do you think is going to happen in the third book? Dude, I don't even know. Of course. So they, we know that love and Joe are having a baby. Oh, but compared they, to they don't move to the suburban place like they do in the show because oh really because at the end because joe gets put in jail you have it right here oh yeah Dude, yeah <laughs> that's story. what i wanted to touch on too yeah the biggest difference in the ending yeah and <laughs> joe gets arrested guy, and goes to jail which is and that's where it ends and thinking about his family exciting Yes. exciting because then you're like how the hell is he gonna get away with this or like right because he's got... and this is where we we see the resources come at play too because yeah, love. the quins have access to really good lawyers yeah so i think you know i mean if we base it off of real life he's probably gonna get out <laughs> <laughs> we base it off of what we know from the show he's obviously gonna get out there's a third book <laughs> <laughs> there's a third book <laughs> yeah so it's him getting out i'm sure it's gonna get off um, with like a technicality or it's going to go away because of the influence the Quins have. And maybe they do move to the suburbs. I think they will move away because Joe cannot be in the same place where he was accused. Moida. I don't know. I'm excited. I have no idea. Now that we come to an understanding that the show itself is diverting so much from the story. Yeah, it's different. Wait, I don't know. I really don't. I just know that I'm sure Love's going to do some shit. Joe's going to kill her. <laughs> I still think that's Spoilers, gonna happen. Spoilers, <laughs> bro. Jeez. Just kidding. I was actually spoiled of that already. <laughs> yeah. I haven't seen the part where uh Joe kills love, but that was my guess of what was gonna happen of the two episodes I've seen in, in that third season. I also saw a thumbnail, so I was like, oh damn. <laughs> <laughs> you waited too long and now it's out there. It's just like if you haven't seen uh Avengers Infinity War. <laughs> and of course it's already all out. And same thing with the uh, end game. So yeah, I mean, oh man, this guy, this crazy guy. I wonder how he's gonna end. I hope Caroline ends it well. Yeah, in the fourth book, which is coming out April twenty fifth. What do you hope happens to Joe for for like a decent ending to good ending? We kind of talked about it a little bit, and I had some time to mull it over. But I do think, I do hope he dies and of course i want it to be poetic because we are we keep getting reminded that joe isn't a good person he's a murderer he's you know serial killer docker we should not technically root for him but because we're in his perspective of course we're going to see everything in his own ways and his own biases but i do hope that he dies yeah it's it's so strange though because then what dictates a good person as well as a philosophical moral question because then like it's so strange to okay like, let me put it this way if joe didn't kill anybody is he a good person does that include him stalking <laughs> yeah he can still stalk and he can still do all that stuff so he he's kill. still he's still obsessive he's still yes. a stalker is he still a good person i would say extreme extrinsically on the outside yes because we won't ever get to know, like, it, I'm thinking, you know, I'm putting myself in, sh in the shoes of being his friend. However, his friend, meaning, like, I don't know anything about him. Like, we're, you know, acquaintances. Yeah, you're almost and, like co-workers. Like, you don't dive deep into the Exactly. You're, you're just like, oh, yeah, he's he's a good yeah. worker. He's, yeah. you know. Like, if we're not best friends, then I would be like, yeah, I would say he's a good person because of only what I see on the outside, you know? Okay. so Like, that's what I have to see it as. Yeah. Because yeah. he's still a shitty person. It's oh, for sure. <laughs> From what we know, but again, if we like, if we weren't in his, is in his perspective the whole time. Yeah, if we weren't in his head and like following yeah. his his activities, his extracurriculars. Exactly. <laughs> like, if we didn't know any of that, and again, we just met him, or whatever. Like, oh, we would we would be in the same boats as the people that him and Amy meet while they're on that trip. 
right? Like they're having a good time. They're laughing. Joe seems like a cool guy for the most part. He's in love. And then when, when they leave and never see Joe again, like that's the idea of probably what we would see Joe as. Like just this cool guy. Yeah, it's kind of interesting because then it kind of makes it harder to trust people when it's like, oh, just because you're nice and good or come off as good, you're you're probably not good <laughs> or not probably not good. But yeah, we don't know. There's a potential <laughs> that. <laughs> yeah, it's just like an outside persona. It's like your uh, it's your socializing persona. Yeah, I'm really trying to justify the fact that I just don't know. Like outwardly, like I, it's he seems like a good a good person, but if I somehow got into his brain, obviously it's it's a no. But no one really understands what another person thinks. But if you grade him on ac- actions alone, he's a bad guy. Oh, for sure. <laughs> <laughs> like if I knew all of his actions, like we do, like right now, for sure. So you know, on that note, <laughs> yeah. Anything else uh, striking you right now that you want to? Bring I agree that he should die, <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. but I want like I don't know how and what would be a satisfying death to Joe, like you know, because he has a, yes, he's just compiling up a long list of bodies, <laughs> body count. Man, he's got a <laughs> big body, body count, count. man. He's, <laughs> he's just a high valued guy. His body count is extremely high. <laughs> yeah, it's difficult, but I do think. If we want poetic justice, he either has to kill himself or he has to find an equal. Someone who is just as deranged as him. Similar values. And it's going to be interesting because, again, we, my wife and I, we finished the fourth season. So we do all have an idea of the ending and stuff. And so I have no idea how the book is going to take it is all. Yeah, so I'll just leave it there. He'll encounter (laughs) Dexter and then Dexter. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> exactly you just ruined the ending for yourself <laughs> oh, dang. <laughs> but all right that's it for me i guess uh, that's it well thank you for uh tuning in as we discuss and discuss you well hidden bodies the second book um we're excited to see where the third one takes us but until then i've been derek i've been kevin more content will be coming at you soon so keep an eye out for that bye, bye.